When you've been in a pit, it is hard to imagine that your life could be anything more than ordinary. But extraordinary? That seems to be pretty far out of reach. My guest today is Jeff Simmons, and Jeff is here to talk about the fact that an extraordinary life is available to all of us. And he gives us a glimpse into how we can actually find it. That's today on The Truth and Our Trauma. Ever sit down to pray and end up thinking about what you need to buy at the store instead? No judgment. I've totally been there. And that's why I decided to create the Ignite Strategic Prayer Planner and Journal. Know what to pray, track your impact, and learn to hear God's voice for yourself. Ignite is more than just a journal. It's a journey. And it's available now on Amazon and at the link in the show notes. Several years ago, I found myself in the midst of a dark night of the soul, and it was in the middle of this really intense period of darkness that I spoke out loud to the Lord, and I said, what are you going to do with me now? I couldn't imagine that there was anything that He could do with my life or the pieces, and I just felt like such a broken down shell of a human. And while prior to this time, I can't really remember often hearing the audible voice of God, I heard him speak so clearly to me, I'm going to use this right where you are. And it took me a long time (laughs) to start to actually dig into that, dive into that, believe that that is a real thing for me. And the beautiful thing was I didn't necessarily have to. He was the one who pursued me and allowed those pieces to unfold. To the point now we're here years and years later, I can say, yeah. He sure did. (laughs) He sure did. And he still is. And I believe firmly that this is something that all of us can encounter, that this is the kind of life and the kind of relationship with the Lord that he desires for all of his children to have. And that's what my guest today, Jeff Simmons, is here to talk with us about. He's here to talk with us about the extraordinary life that the Lord has for each of us and how that word extraordinary often indicates something far different than what we think. That when we are looking at things through the world standards of what the world says extraordinary is, that we're going to come up short. And yet, when we look at how God defines extraordinary and how that type of life is available to each and every one of us, we can see that even the mistakes, even the harm, even the disappointments, all of those things can work together to bring forth the extraordinary life that he has for all of us. Jeff, it's terrific to have you with me this morning. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, Michelle, thank you so much for having me. This is an honor and a privilege to be with you. Thank you for your ministry. Thank you. Thank you so much. Jeff, I want to start us off. Your new book is about an extraordinary life, what it is Mm -hmm. to live an extraordinary life. And a lot of us, I think, would hear that phrase and think, that's not for me. That's (laughs) not me. Mm. And I wanted to know if you would help us to understand what that means, what it means really to live an extraordinary life and how it is different than possibly what we think. Yeah, that's a great question. I I think so many times that we live an ordinary life and we just think we're ordinary, right? There's a lot of people out there and I'm just like everybody else or, you know, our hurt or pain or past kind of defines us and keeps us, you know, kind of feeling isolated and alone. 
And that's not the way God wants us to live at all. I mean, God created us. God uniquely made us. There's nobody in the world exactly like you. I mean, you think about that. You're like 8 billion people in the world and nobody's exactly like you. So God has an extraordinary life for us. I think the big thing that we put up is these barriers in our own life. And we kind of find ourselves by what the world says instead of by what God says. And so God's constantly inviting us to live our full potential. And I, I think that's where the extraordinary comes in is when we step out in faith, when we trust God, when we follow him and we live what he wants us to live and not what the world wants us to live. I love that you said full potential, because I think one of the things that we experience in brokenness and trauma is limitation. We feel really scaled back, pulled back. We've had to learn to survive and live small and just just to try to to survive and stay safe. And so the thought that there could be something grander than just getting through every single day, like it seems unbelievable in -hmm. some ways. Yeah, I think that is. And God's timing is perfect, right? In in all of our lives. There's times of healing. There's times of restoration. uh, There's times to be quiet and be still and know that he is God. Uh, There is those times in our lives. But sometimes we can get stuck in those times too. And there's times that God's calling us to step out. And, and, and that takes courage. That takes faith. That takes pushing past the hurt and the pain. It takes being real and being vulnerable. Uh, and I think what we find is that people want us to be real and they'll accept us when we're real. But the world would tell us, no, you know, stay in that cocoon, stay isolated, you know, and, and nobody wants you. And that's the furthest thing from the truth that God uniquely created you and God wants you out there sharing your story, living your life, reaching your full potential. Uh, and so I think there is God's timing in this. And and it, that takes sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, right? But also just not staying isolated, but staying involved and engaged with the heart of God. And when God calls you, man, to be obedient to that, to step out and, and to really share your life with others, to really share your story. See, God's given every one of us a story, you know, and, and so many times we keep that inside and we think nobody wants to hear. And, and that's a lie from Satan. And I really believe that. I believe Satan wants us to hold that so tight. But man, when we share our story, open our hands, you know, and by the grace of God, people connect. And so that's when even more healing comes in our lives. And that's one of the things actually that God taught me through the darkest season of my life. Oh. He brought out Revelation 12, 11, that is we overcome mm. by the blood of the lamb and the word mm. of our testimony. Yes. And that word of our testimony <laughs> is the story. It's where we saw Jesus show up in our lives. And I think sometimes we get where you're talking about being stuck. We're just not far enough along yet. You know, we talk mm. about the timing. It's it's not time yet to share it. If you, if you haven't yet got to the restoration, if you haven't yet got to the parts where you're seeing the the Lord really move and shake things up that that word even obedience sounds kind of like well what am I being obedient to but he's not always necessarily giving you that assignment yet you may you may have the sense that like maybe there is something more beyond this but Mm -hmm. if you don't yet know what it's it's it is in his timing where the that potential and the story is cultivated yep. that when it is time for us to share that the the he's done so much work in us that it starts to just come out. <laughs> yeah. It really does. Yes. Right? You can't like you can't shut it up in your bones. Like it's just yeah. uh, you can't not 
talk to people about it. <laughs> Amen. I love that. I love that. Yeah. That I mean, that is the spirit of God. I mean, as he heals, as he redeems, mm-hmm. as he restores, you, you get excited about that. And you mm-hmm. want to give God the glory. You want to tell people, you want to talk about that. And, and that's where I think that unleashing of the ordinary moves to the extraordinary. That's where I think that transformation starts to happen in our lives. It's by the grace of God. You know, it's not that anything that we do, it's us trusting him and falling in love with him and then living boldly for his name and his glory. Mm-hmm. Okay, this one is for all my overthinkers out there. I used to be absolutely debilitated by intrusive thoughts. Everything from constant worry to just dread of the future, I couldn't make it stop. If you're there right now, I have developed a free downloadable guide to help you get your mind back. It's called Overthinking, Get Out of Your Head and On With Your Life. And you can download it for free right now at UncommonValor.co. Jeff, can you talk about fear and how that's connected to sort of being stuck in the ordinary because this fear is part of this limitation experience and when we're able to begin to push past it and whether it's taking those steps of obedience or even just learning how to bring God into our process that there's an understanding then of God's involvement in our lives that really starts to give us a view to the fact that he is inviting us into something else. Yeah, I mean, Michelle, that it, you've summed it up so well. But fear is, it, it, fear is a gift in some ways, right? You need a healthy fear. Uh, I'm leaving for the Amazon uh, jungle. We go down and do pastor training with uh, jungle pastors. So I'll leave on Saturday and I'll be down the Amazon jungle. So there's some snakes that I don't want to see, right? I have a healthy fear of the caiman and uh, anacondas, but the fear can also limit us. And I think that's what happens in our lives. You know, most of us aren't living in the jungle. We're living in the real world. And yet, you know, Satan comes along and says, oh, you know, don't say that. You know, people aren't going to like you. People aren't going to accept you, you know, and you're going, ah. And so the fear isolates us. So that's not a healthy fear. That is an unhealthy fear. And that's a tool of Satan. And that's where God, every time, you know, in the Bible, anytime an angel shows up, what do they say? Do not be afraid right? Do not be afraid. 365 times in the Bible, it says, do not be afraid. And I think that's one for every day, right? There's 365 mm-hmm. days in the year. So every day you wake up and you go, okay, I'm not going to live this day in fear. I'm going to live this day in faith. I'm going to live this day for the glory of God. And God, whatever you want to do, I'm your servant. And so stepping out, you know, in the book, I, I, I talk about some different people uh, that I've met and who I've watched live this out. But also you look at people in the Bible. I mean, you think about Mary, you know, God's coming to her and saying, hey, you're going to have the Messiah. She's like, what? You know, I mean, here she is, a teenage girl. I mean, can you imagine thinking that she's going to lose Joseph, thinking, you know, her life is just turned upside down. And, and yet she came to this point of saying, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me, as you have said. And praise God for that, right? You talk about the extraordinary coming into her life, you know? You can go through and see example after example, from Moses to David to on and on. I mean, you know, David, I mean, commits adultery. And I mean, horrific. And then having, you know, her husband killed. I mean, so you go from adultery to murder. But by God's grace, David repents, you know? And that's Psalm 51, he pours his heart out to God. It just leaves it all on the table. There's consequences, obviously, that happen in David's life. But at the end of David's life, he's called a man after God's heart. 
So God redeems, God restores. God's not finished with you. God's not finished with any of us, you know? And I, I want that to be known. Uh, I hope that book communicates that because God's still working in every one of us. As long as there's breath in our lungs, God's got a plan and a purpose for us. I think it's so important that you brought up how prevalent the the guidance not to fear is oh. in the Bible. And one of, it just shows us not only our tendency to go that direction, but how big of a weapon of the enemy that this is. This is oh. a huge part of his yeah. arsenal against us. Yep. And one of the things where we get caught is feeling like, well, do I have enough? No, I don't have enough faith. I, I can't be, I can't be scared. Rather than recognizing the Lord is telling us, I know you're going to be scared. I know you are. <laughs> like, exactly. I, I know you will be. And I want you to bring it to me. And that through the process of us recognizing he's not condemning us, he's acknowledging for us our circumstances so that we actually can have that barrier pushed aside. And though we have fear, have the experience of the Lord in the fear with us. And oh, it's yeah. not to just push the, the fear out of the way and say like, oh, I'm, I'm supposed to be a better Christian and not have fear, but to discard all of that and say, if I'm feeling fear, that means there's something bigger than me that's going on here right now. Yep. There's yep. especially spiritually that we can't see. And I don't want this weapon to undermine the rest of my life. So God, if this is bigger than me, I need you. Yep. And to keep yep. and but 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 it's it's the the recognition that there that we can do that, you know, because yeah. so often, like we said, we're just surviving and we're just trying to yeah slog through every single day. And it's like, does that really work? Yeah. Does that really work to just say, God, can you be in this with me rather than mm -hmm. trying to overcome the fear, which is, I think, the place where a lot of us go to. Right. Yeah. I think, you, I, man, you summed that up so well. Uh, but we do, we focus on the fear, we focus on our circumstances and they feel overwhelming. But when we focus on God, wow, it changes our whole perspective, right? I mean, all of a sudden we realize I got a big God who's bigger than this, you know? And, and yet so much of our time in our ordinary lives is focused on our problems. And we look at our problems, we think there's no way I can overcome this financial problem. There's no way I can overcome this relational problem. And, and I, I, me, me, and we're focused, focused in, but it's like taking a step back and looking up. You know, when you walk outside, you look at the stars, right? You look at the heavens, you're like, wait a minute, I got a really big God here, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, and there's a God who's with me. I mean, I think about David fighting Goliath. I mean, if he just focused on Goliath, then he would have been like overwhelmed. How am I going to defeat that? He's nine feet, nine inches tall. I can't do that, right? But he focused on God. He said, mm -hmm. I come at you in the name of the Lord God Almighty. And when he focused on God, he was brave. He was strong and he won the battle, right? So I think that's our big issue. You know, am I going to live my life focused on my problems, on my past, on my hurt, on my pain? I got to deal with that, but I need to focus on God. I need to focus on my really big God who can overcome and will overcome. You just hit exactly on why the ministry is called Uncommon Valor. Boom. It has to do with the fact that David, it came out of the story of David and Goliath, but it has to do with the fact David's confidence was not yes. in his own abilities, no, not in anything that he could do. I mean, he took the giant down with some rocks. Like he, It was not in his ability. It was in his learning to lean into the presence of God, yeah. that he was aware of the presence of God and the things that he was stepping through. And that was what gave him the courage to overcome the fear. 
Amen. I mean, that that's it. I mean, that's where you move from the ordinary to the extraordinary. Right. And that's what so many people in this world miss. But it's available to all of us, every single one of us, because we're all fighting a battle, right? We we're every person you meet, every person you talk to, everybody's fighting a battle. But are you fighting it on your own strength or are you fighting it in the name of the Lord God Almighty? Mm, that's good. the game changer. Yeah. Jeff, you talk about the fact that you've actually seen this, though, in so many different kinds of people's lives, that in the book, you're telling stories of celebrities and people that we've heard of. But you're also telling the stories of orphans across the world that are doing extraordinary things, but maybe that we've never heard of before. So though these people are walking all these different walks of life, you hone in on some things that they have in common Mm -hmm. that make this extraordinary journey and this extraordinary life available to all of us. Can you tell us more about what those commonalities are? Yeah, I think the I think the big one is they believe, right? They they believe that God can do great things in their life. You know, they're, they're not just sitting back. They're going, okay, I can look at my, I mean, I'm, we go to Moldova, do mission trips there. We work with the poorest of the poor. I mean, but be most beautiful children, but they're orphan children and vulnerable. And the statistics are way heavy against them. And yet there's some that just go, wait a minute, as you hear about God, as they give their lives to Christ, they go, there's something more. And they begin to believe and they begin to trust, you know, or even people here in the States, you just watch when all of a sudden Jesus becomes the Lord of your life and the Savior and you're living your life for him. There is a greater belief. There's a greater strength that you have that's not of yourself. And so I think that's that first thing that you see. I think they learn to listen to God. Uh, there's the prompting of the Holy Spirit. I talk a lot in the book about how you listen to God because that's so important. Uh, and a lot of people just don't know how. You know, we pray in desperation most of the time. It's like, I don't pray at all. And then all of a sudden I'm in trouble. It's like, God help, you know. But if we can develop a prayer life where it's not only talking to God, but it's listening to God, and then God stirs our heart and our spirit and that confidence comes in the prompting to step into situations that maybe we would never have done before. So I think a couple of those things, that that believing, that listening, and then taking those bold steps. There, there are times that we you have to step out of the boat, right? There's times that if you're going to walk on the water, you, you got to step out of the boat. And uh you know, 11 disciples stay in the boat and one's willing to step out. So those are the people that get the extraordinary. Those are the people that experience those miracles and they see God do things that only God can do. And I think that's the invitation for every one of us, you know, and I, I talk a lot about that in there because it is an invitation for us, but those are the people that do it. And man, their stories are incredible. You know, I think about a, a kid named Tudor. Uh, I remember meeting him when we were at orphanage and we went, our first mission trip 20 years ago when we started the church, you know, we had 15 people meeting a apartment clubhouse doing a Bible study. And yet God said, it can't just be about you. And so we do this mission trip to Moldova and meet this kid, Tudor. And he was, oh, he was a tough kid. He was a troubled kid. Uh, no parents, no hope, no help. He knew, he didn't even know if he had any brothers or siblings and he's in this orphanage. Uh, and he was, he was, you know, made some bad decisions and was not very nice and was really troubled. And yet, by God's grace, we watched as his life was changed. And this past year, we have our Justice Mercy International or, or a nonprofit that we do as a church. And uh, he came and spoke. And here he is now, you know, it is 28, 29 years old, married Stella, a, a girl he met when we have our Grace House and our Boys to Leader ministry over there. 
And now they have a precious daughter, Celine. And you just think about the impact, not only in his life, he's walking with the Lord, he's helping people, he's serving, there's a joy, but you think about the generational impact. And to me, I just weep every time I think about that, you know, and his daughter's not growing up in that kind of same environment. She's growing up knowing that there's people who love her, there's a God who will take care of her, and she's going to grow up with confidence. Like, praise be to God. Tudor's story is one of the most compelling ones I found in your book. And what I what I think is important also about what you just said and how it ties in with Tudor's story is the fact that this idea of believing, often we feel like that's something I have to manufacture that. I have to just mm-hmm. white knuckle it and just like, oh, like will myself to believe in God and believe that he can do these things. And yet what you see in Tudor's story and even in what you just said mm-hmm. is hearing and perceiving the moves of God as he is pursuing us, yeah. that it, he is speaking to us. And in Tudor's story, there are so many just right things at the just right time, the circumstances, the people, the appointments, it's all those types of things that the believing that God can doesn't have to be something that we have to just pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. We just mm. have to still ourselves long enough yeah. to start to quiet ourselves and and have the ability then to notice. That's really, I find where the Lord, I started seeing him speaking more and more and more that my belief grew and grew and grew in what he could do. But it wasn't because of anything that I necessarily did as much as there was an openness to hearing the shepherd and Mm. seeing his movements and calling them God. How often we have circumstances and we're like, oh, that, that just, you know, was happenstance, you know? And yeah. it's like, I don't believe in coincidences. Everything no. is God. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. But when you, when you, when you can can go from that place, then there evokes this wonder. Yeah. That, gosh, we're so desperate for in this world yeah. that is so wow. crushing sometimes. That the fact that there could still be wonder in a place where there is so much worry and so much trouble that it gives us the ability to endure the tension of the two things side by side, that where Mm -hmm. fear and worry and all of those things and the hurt, the real stuff that we've gone through, this Mm -hmm. is not stuff we're imagining or making too much of. This is real stuff. But to be able to know that, yes, that is true. And simultaneously, there's a God who's pursuing me and wants good things for me. And he's actually showing it to me in my life. And I can know that by reading Tudor's story and reading (laughs) these different, you know, accounts of where God has moved. And I can go, okay, maybe this is actually for me too. Yep. Um, Maybe. And if you could just start, if you can just start with maybe. Yeah. You're already miles ahead. Yes. Yes. Oh, I think you're spot on. I mean, I, and that's where it is for all of us living in the center of God's will, right? And, and, and not trying to manipulate circumstances or people and not trying to spend our lives blaming people or blaming our past or or just saying, you know, well, look what's happened to me. Okay, we've all been through hard things and, and some have been really hard and difficult. And yet I look at Joseph in the Bible and I mean, sold into slavery. I mean, you just talk about from bad to worse for this guy, you know, this convicted of rape, which he didn't do anything. And here he is innocent and in jail. And he could have sat there and blamed God and blamed everybody else. It just, man, you know, had been miserable. And yet somehow he stayed faithful to God. It's like, God, I don't understand. I don't know why, but I'm going to trust you. 
I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. And here, 13 years later, right, he becomes second in command of all of Egypt. And then his brothers come and he could have easily taken revenge, right? He could have been like, I've been waiting for this moment. I'm going to take revenge. And what does he do? He forgives. He forgives. And he says, you know, what you intended for harm, God intended for good, the saving of many lives. God had a bigger plan and a purpose. And I didn't want to go through those 13 years of horrific circumstances. And yet, now I see on the other side that God was preparing me and God was preparing the whole situation around me to be used for his glory. And I think that's what's happening in every one of our lives. And, and we have to make the decision every day how we're going to live. Am I going to live like the world says, or am I going to live in that bitterness and that resentment? Or am I going to live for the glory of God? Am I going to be forgiving and grateful and gracious? And am I going to trust that God's doing a bigger plan than I can see? Jeff, I love that you brought up Joseph's story too, because I think there's even actually a tactical application. I think over, overarchingly what you said is true, that mm-hmm. what is what happened to him is what is happening to us in our own lives. Mm. That the things that have been, that have come against us, that have harmed us are actually also part of the plan of getting us to where we're supposed to be in the Lord and that he has yeah. a greater greater plan in the whole thing. But tactically speaking, for example, while he's there in that prison, He's getting intel from the Lord how to interpret these dreams of these people that he's in the prison with and that those actually end up being the things that open the doors for him later. Yes. And in the book, you talk about the fact that we're able to hear God's voice. And we've been talking about that a little bit here. But that intel that the Lord, I believe in the wilderness especially, is giving that to us because it is such a pivotal time of our lives. Mm-hmm. That where I, where I, in my life, in the darkest parts, really realized that Mm. the Lord being near to the brokenhearted Mm. is very literal. It is very literal. He is so near. Our hearts are so attuned, Mm. can be so attuned to hear his voice very specifically in those darkest parts of our lives that sometimes the mountaintops don't afford us. So for someone who is new at this, who is, is starting to to sense maybe that God does have something more, but doesn't know like, well, how do I put legs to this? Or what am I being obedient to? Or, you know, all those sorts of things. What are some ways that someone can start to to discern God speaking to them? Man, that's a great question, Michelle. I think, you know, God does speak to us in our darkest moments. And, and those are the times I think that we have to get to rock bottom sometimes to be able to listen for God. Uh, otherwise, we just kind of live our lives. We do the ordinary things and we shut him out. But when we are in those trauma times, when we are in the painful times, when we are in the hurt, as hard as it is, those are the times, like you said, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and and uh, he's drawing us close to him. I think those are the times even in my life that I've heard from God so clearly. Um, so I think there's a, several ways that God speaks to us. You know, one, he does speak to us in prayer. Uh, it's his still small voice. Um, you know, so many times we have our phones, we're scrolling or we're watching TV or, or we're trying to do work. There's not any quietness in our lives. But when we step out of the noise and we can be alone, then we can hear from God. And, and so I think if you're in one of those times and you're trying to hear from God, move away from the noise. Just go isolate for a little bit and, and listen, God will speak. I think God speaks through people. 
Uh, I think being in community, uh, Satan loves to isolate us, you know, and he knows when he gets us alone, that's when we're vulnerable, right? You watch all those national geographics and the wildebeest coming down across the river and uh, one gets away from the herd and that's where the lions go, right? They go right after that one. They don't take the herd, you know? So it's, it's when we get isolated that, man, we can't hear, but when we get with other people who are believers, like listening to this podcast, like, you know, being, reading a book or reading your God's word. But when we get with other people and listen, or when we're in church or we're in a community group or a men's group or a women's group, other people will speak truth. God speaks through others. You see that throughout God's word over and over again. And so if you don't have godly community, find it, you know, find it. And and there's a lot of great churches out there, a lot of great opportunities or books, but but be around other people that God will speak. And then God speaks through circumstances. I do think God opens and closes doors. Um, and to your point about Joseph, you know, God had to have him there to even get the right timing. So God's preparing you for what God's preparing for you. So, you know, don't get frustrated where you are right now. You say, okay, God, why am I here? And then God, at your time, you're going to open a door and and give me the courage to walk through that when that door does come. Uh, and so I think those are some of the big ways that, that God continues to speak to us over and over. Uh, there's sometimes God will speak in an audible voice. You know, there's sometimes that God has to just hit us upside the head. Uh, but more and more, I think it's that still small voice. You know, I think about Elijah, right? I mean, Elijah... It, you know, he wins this great victory on Mount Carmel and he's on the top of the world. And then he hears, uh, right, that Jezebel's mad at him. And you would think he would be like, I just conquered 450 prophets of Baal. I mean, like, why am I worried about this one lady? But he freaks out and he runs and he runs, he runs, he goes into the isolation. He runs into the desert, into the wilderness. And yet God didn't give up on them. Right. God didn't say, well, look what you did. God meets him on that mountain. And God's not, you know, in the fire or in the wind. God's in that still small voice and saying, Elijah, what are you doing here? You know, go back to where you came. I'm not done with you. I still got a plan or a purpose for you. And Elijah keeps going, but like, I'm the only one. And sometimes that's the way we feel. I'm the only one. And then God goes, oh, no, there's 7,000 who have a bow to need a bail. You're not alone. You're not, you go back and you do what I've called you to do. And you know what? After that moment, Elijah has his greatest ministry, right? He has his greatest ministry. Out of his darkest time comes his greatest ministry. And he calls Elisha, his protege, who takes over. He does many more miracles. So God's not finished with any of us. And I would just encourage everybody who's listening today, the best is yet to come in your life. You know, the best is yet to come in your life. So hold on to God and trust him. Jeff, I could sum up this conversation in no better way. Thank you for that. That's just so encouraging and just such a word I think that all of us need to hear over and over and mm. over that God is not done and he's still got good things for us. Amen. Yes, that's it. That's the way we're called to live, you know, live in that truth, believe that God has the best for us and then walk that out every day. Jeff, this is so phenomenal. This conversation has just been so uplifting for me personally. And I'm so grateful for the insight that you shared. Mm. Would you tell listeners about the book and how they can follow you? Yeah. So uh, the book is called Fighting the Extra and the Ordinary, and uh, it's coming out February 6th. So I think you could pre-order with Tyndall. Uh, you can also go to uh, you know, jeffsimmons.org. I have a website that you can go and see and you just have some more information there about the book. Uh, but 
yeah, great things. You can follow on Instagram, um, underline at Jeff Simmons, so you can see more information there. Uh, also on Facebook at Pastor Jeff Simmons. So lots of places to kind of find out about the book and love for you to get a copy and uh, let us know, write a review, or just share with me how God's working in your life. And I'd love to pray with you and pray for you. Terrific. And I will include links in the show notes for listeners to be able to find all of those great resources. But thank you so much for joining me, Jeff. It was great to be with you today. Uh, Michelle, it's great to be with you. And I'm thankful for your ministry and for your heart. And I'll be praying for you and all that God's doing through you. Thanks. Thanks for being with me for this episode today. I hope you'll come back again. And in the meantime, you can follow me over on social media and find out about our resources and services over at UncommonValor.co. 